0: Welcome to the Building the Cooperative Classroom podcast, the official podcast of the Johnson & Johnson Cooperative Learning Institute. Welcome to the Building the Cooperative Classroom podcast. With me, as always, is Derek Swistek. Hey, hey. And Aaron Fleming.
1: Muy buenas noches.
0: Tonight, we are bringing you our fourth and final edition of our series on trust. And in this episode, I think we've, we've teased it a little bit. We're going to talk some conflict resolution and how relationship and goal play off each other to help uh, all interested parties come up with a resolution to any conflict that they might encounter. So, so
2: that's one of the things that we uh, talk about quite a bit when we are doing our green book, which is the advanced cooperative learning. And um, we kind of have people fill out a survey and we rate where you fall and we kind of ask you to, to think about a group that you're in. Um, and, uh, that isn't school related necessarily. And, and kind of answer the survey and see where you are in terms of where your relationship falls, like what, what your overall, um, trusting piece
0: is. When, when we engage in, um, problem solving conflict, we have to compare the, the depth of our relationship and the importance of our relationship, along with the importance of our goal. So I think the example that we often use is that when you're stuck in traffic, if someone cuts you off, your goal is to get to your destination safely and you have zero relationship with the person in front of you. So in that case, you're going to withdraw. You're going to try to avoid that conflict. In a different situation in which you and a very close colleague or friend are very passionate about something, maybe maybe a spouse or significant other, and you have uh, a strong relationship, but you have very different goals. You, you want to accomplish different things. Let's say um, someone wants to move and someone wants to stay in their home, then what do you do? You have to come up with a problem solving negotiation. And so that's where both your goal and your relationship are of equally high importance. And, and I think that, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Um, I think
2: the big thing that uh, I took away from this and that I continue to take away from this is that it isn't about compromise, that that compromise is not our goal. Um, our goal is to problem solve through things to that that the idea to compromise is that both of you come away feeling as though the goal that you had was not met and you come away. So you both feel like you've lost on that. And also you have made that relationship weaker because both of you feel as though you gave more than you probably did.
0: A lot of times we say you compromise when time is short, when you have to come to a resolution very quickly and you don't have time to problem solve, um, you, you can come to a compromise. But in my example, where you, you and your spouse are deciding whether to move or not, you have different opinions. The compromise would be, I suppose somebody moves and somebody stays, which that does little for your relationship. And it's not a very practical solution unless you are uh, ending that relationship. So we need to be very cognizant of not only the outcome from this scenario, but future scenarios. How this relates back to trust is, is when the goal importance is extraordinarily high, but you don't value the relationship. And that's where someone would engage in uh, forcing, where somebody would push and push and push until they get the outcome that they desire. And that's at the expense of the relationship or having no no weight or no feeling about what the future of that relationship is.
1: Well, when you, when you talk about conflict resolution and its relationship to trust, all of the things that you're talking about... What you, you're valuing a relationship. Y- you trust each other, even though you disagree about something. We've talked about vulnerability, and I believe we talked about that vulnerability in our last uh, our last episode. But that was the
0: V in Cav B Dog.
1: Um, yes. How could anyone forget our new animal acronym? Cav B Dog. When when we have to come to that decision, and again. You know, to to reiterate, not that compromise. When we have to really get into the, the the problem solving with someone that we're having a disagreement with, when we're vulnerable, you have to have that trust to listen to someone else's perspective. If we don't listen to another person's perspective and try to grab the most salient points or the strongest. The strongest parts of the argument, then we're never going to be willing to budge. So there's so much there. And I'm not sure if we have plans to talk about this in the future, but there is a whole series that we could do simply on conflict resolution itself. But I would say the biggest things to me would, you know, with with, you know, in relation to the trust and the goal is that if we're going to dig into that problem solving and listen to someone else's perspective to come up with that solution w- without valuing the relationship and, and trusting each
0: other, it's never going to happen. And in many cases, the conflicts can't be solved if that relationship doesn't exist. And so we have to build a strong foundation. We have to build a trusting and trustworthy relationship prior to coming to that point of conflict so that we have the tools to solve. Um, Otherwise, we have no faith that the person that we're in conflict with has our best interest at heart, and they don't have any faith that we have their best interest at heart. But if we know for a fact that this is somebody that we care about and this is somebody that we value, we know that when we get to that problem-solving place, we are going to come to a mutually beneficial uh, agreement, and they're not going to try to put one over us.
2: I was going to say this is where the interconnectedness of all of the five essential elements is really important, right? Like without those social skills and without building on those social skills and without, you know, working on communication skills, it's going to be really difficult to have people come to a disagreement and not feel as though they are either forced or giving up too much or they just don't care. Like that's, I think that's the the idea of like apathy in a classroom or in a, in a group is just, that's detrimental as well. And I think sometimes we don't see that as prevalent as something that's more of like a, a disagreement, like the disagreement part and being um, passionate about whatever the topic is, I would see as as something that we can work through as opposed to just being apathetic and just kind of going with the first instinct, like whoever says the the thing brainstorming thinking through like really trusting that we're going to we're going to be better because we sink or swim together by the end of this like all of that is how it's all intertwined and it's really important um for the relationship and for the goal so you know that's one of the things where when I'm working with teachers like how many kids know another kid's name in this class you know do do you switch groups enough that when I say, okay, go find, you know, your two o'clock partner and you look on your board and it says Adam and I say, I don't do we have an Adam in here? Who is Adam? I don't, I don't have any idea who Adam is. That's, that's problematic. And, and so these, these things are just so intertwined in our classrooms.
0: I want to go back to something you said, Derek, about communication. And that is so important because oftentimes when we get to this point of conflict, we start to build our own narrative. Start, we, we decide what the other person has to say and what the other person thinks. And more times than not, we are 100% incorrect. And so by having this conversation and talking to each other opens up so many different doors and we can get to that place of problem solving. And when you hear what somebody else has to say and you hear how they're feeling and how they're hearing you, if they paraphrase, again, going back to those social skills, you really understand why we got to this point of conflict and it helps us move forward.
1: To both your points, it's the integration of everything, right? And this is what separates... Cooperative learning from a lot of other workshoppy type things, right? And this is something that I have a conversation with with newer teachers all the time. I actually just had this conversation the other day. This isn't just a I'm gonna plug this in for, for 10 minutes here, and this is going to help me <clears throat> execute this this learning target for today. Or this great, you know, activity. You know, the, the the little bit of my toolbox. This is a way of being. It's a way of living. It is a way to teach your students to value. It is. It is not just a behavior. It is definitely a. It's a belief system. And when you have everything working together, the social skills, um, the feedback, the processing, the interdependence. That's when you can do all this, but, uh, but, you know, as you both said, you, you can't, you can't have conflict resolution. You can't have trust and you certainly can't balance trust and, you know, and group goals if you don't have everything
0: set up. And bringing it back, bringing it back to trust, we can really see why developing those early experiences in which the stakes are low, but we can amplify the trust between group members and between teacher and students makes all of these things easier down the road. And so that work that you do upfront that may seem like I have to take all this time out of my class and it takes so long to get there and it takes so long to build this cooperative context but it pays off over and over and over the longer that, that, that relationship remains. If you've got a class that lasts for a semester or for a year, you see the students every single day you're going to start sprinting at the end of the semester where it feels like you're crawling at the beginning.
2: Yeah, I think one, one last thing to kind of lead, lead this on is, is to trust, too, that your classes are different. Like your community, your learning community is different. So don't think that something that works for one, some norm, something that you've established that works really well in one class is going to be the same thing that you, that you can establish in another class. Like realize that, that there are differences between these classes, even if it's just the time different. I mean, there's different people in there and, you know, like I said, something that works one place is not necessarily going to work another place too.
0: With that, I think we can wrap up our mini series on trust. Thank you, fellows. I trust you implicitly and that trust paid off because we had a great discussion over the last couple of uh, weeks. Until next week. Let's cooperate. Thank you for listening to the Building the Cooperative Classroom podcast, the official podcast of the Johnson & Johnson Cooperative Learning Institute. Please check out the show notes for all relevant links, including a link to our Twitter account and the Cooperative Learning Institute webpage. This podcast is copyrighted under the Creative Commons license, copyright 2022. Theme music, courtesy of Jimmy Ryan.